0: That's going to get us in trouble. But you know what I'm <laughs> saying.
1: <laughs> they say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless.
0: Welcome to episode 31 of Doubly Negative. I'm Chris, here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? I'm well, Chris. How are you? You know, I'm doing just fine, I guess.
1: Okay, you guess.
0: Yeah, I just seem, uh, well, not seem, I feel a little disinterested lately. I don't feel sad, don't feel happy, just feel very just, I mean, stable in a way, I guess. But just like there's no happiness, no sadness, no anything. It's just blah.
1: Hmm. Would you call it uh,
0: apathy? Yeah, I guess you could call it that. I just, I've never really um, experienced this before. I'm definitely not sad by any means, but it's one of those things where I'm just, you know, here. How long has that been going on? Um, a couple weeks, probably. I would say a couple weeks. Hmm.
1: Well, I've actually been trying to Google this because I—it's another one of those books that I never read, but I heard about. Yeah. It's something like um, stages of emotion, and they actually say that like apathy is the lowest one. So it's in this like uh, hierarchy, it's even worse than depression or hate. They say that's. Um, so it says. It's not a good thing.
0: No, definitely not. I'm not a fan of it. I know exactly what you mean, though. Have you gone through something like that recently or
1: frequently? What? Yeah, I always kind of call apathy depression. Like, for me, they're kind of linked... I think it's even one of the symptoms that we probably went over in the first episode, but it's like not caring about things in your life. And it's like, uh, for me, I think it's, yeah, the things that I usually find fun or enjoyable, like watching a movie or playing a game or something, I don't even want to do those things. I'm not really interested in achieving goals. Is it it something like that? Yeah, like I just don't feel like it.
0: Mm. Although today I was having the thought of, oh, I want to go get this certification for work just to like, you know, make me more marketable. You know increase my pay i thought about that today but i mean other than that i've just been kind of yeah whatever it is what it is i i don't know i don't like it
1: well let me ask you this how's your dick dick's good
0: okay um this is a good segue i've been doing a lot of strange shit in my sleep uh go on and the reason why i bring this up after you ask how my dick is so i was having a sex dream about my wife and you next next thing you know i wake up to her saying can you get off of me i need to go to sleep
1: Oh, you—you're a sleep rapist.
0: Well, it wasn't like that. It was more of a cuddle, and you know, I was rip roaring ready to go, so I was uh, giving her a little poke. You're a sleep rapist. No,
1: no. She said no, and I said okay, and I rolled back over and I went to sleep. Hmm. So you're a you're a not particularly persistent sleep rapist. <laughs>
0: No, I'll give it a shot, but once the first <laughs> advance is shut down, I say, okay. Wow.
1: To be fair, I was asleep. Yeah, I didn't... I wonder if that's defense, like, if that's a defense in court. You just say, oh, I was asleep.
0: Yeah, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. Well, okay, I'm glad your dick's good. Yeah, and we got right into it, like, four minutes into the episode, too, so now everyone's gonna know I poked my wife with my boner at 4 a.m.
1: Well, I was asleep. Well, if you, if you can't poke your wife with your boner, who can you poke, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing... Last night, (laughs) I wake up and I wake up while I'm doing this. You ready? This might sound terrible over the mic. Sorry, everybody. Mm.
1: (laughs) I was just doing that when I woke up. Wait, can you do that one more time? (laughs) What what is this?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I don't know.
1: But But I did it. So
0: you're, you're getting these reports from your wife, right? No, I woke up while I was doing it. And I woke up after she said, hey, can you get off of me? And I realized what I was doing.
1: Oh, uh, you're a sleep
0: creep, dude. <laughs> and I haven't, like, I've always been, like, kind of weird in my sleep. Like, I've had, like, full conversations with my wife while sleeping. Yeah, I snore, I'll talk. I, I do, like, weird stuff when I'm sleeping, but I feel like this stuff is extra weird, and it's kind of freaking me out.
1: Uh yeah, it's a little weird, but luckily it's not you that has to deal with it, because you're asleep. Yeah, but I still wake up and feel like a fucking weirdo. Yeah, it's all right. What about her? Does she do anything? No, she's just a light sleeper.
0: Mm. But other than that, she's just, you know, doesn't move, doesn't talk, doesn't snore. I'm the weird one.
1: I had a phase when I was a kid where I slept walked uh, a little bit. I haven't done it in my adult life, I think. But um, I think I was, man, I haven't thought about this memory in a long time. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh my My uncle and aunt used to come over for game night with my parents, and I would go to sleep early. I was a kid, um I don't know maybe like nine ten eleven, yeah, and I believe I woke up and went into the kitchen and tried to piss in the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> That happens. Yeah, it does, and there's uh, nothing you can do about it. Well, yeah, but it's something you feel ashamed of. I, I don't blame myself, but it's it's a, it's a strange thing to do. Um, yeah, my, I remember my mom telling me about it the next day. Like,
0: while they're out there, just like playing poker.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were playing cards or something, solitaire. I don't know, hearts, spades, something like that. Not not being racist, sorry. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, I just remember my mom telling me the next day, like, she she was just laughing about it. Because I don't think I, I had any success. I think I was about to. And they realized, and they said, Kyle, go back to sleep. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> oh. Uh, uh,
1: that's sleep good. is very strange, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's It's been fucking with me. I don't want to do anything, like, really stupid while sleeping. But knowing that you pissed in the trash can. I mean, there was one time, actually, <laughs> I didn't piss in a trash can. So there's two bathrooms in my house. Yeah. One that's directly, like, I, I have, like, a, a master bathroom, like, in the bedroom. And then I have one on the opposite side of the house. There was one night I woke up in the middle of the night and for some reason went and used the one all the way on the other side of the house. That's pretty weird. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was me being considerate, like, oh, I don't want to wake up my wife, so I'm oh. going to go across. But, I mean, I wouldn't wake her up either way, so... I, I I don't know what was going through
1: my head, but I walked across the house to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Thank God uh, not in the kitchen or something. So Tika has been telling me, well, not recently, but I guess in my sleep, I'm really strong because, um, so usually like, uh, when we, when we go to sleep together, I'll, uh, we'll do the spoon, right? I'm, I'm the big spoon. Always big spoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, just trying to keep my manhood in some way, but, um, I will say, you know what? I'll challenge that. I don't
0: mind being a little spoon. I like it sometimes.
1: Oh, you've you know you've always been a little bit of a pansy sometimes, but uh, me yep. me right. I, on. I assert my dominance. Um, I really hate to take sides in this one, but Chris is one hundred percent correct. Sometimes being the little spoon is the way to go. Anyway, yeah. And uh, in, in my sleep, sometimes I guess I'll grip her really hard. Um, not not sleep rape like you, but just like she's not going anywhere. Come on,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like me, you yeah. son of a bitch.
1: Go yeah. on. Yeah, and she said she's actually gotten like a little bit hurt. Like uh if if we're holding hands, I'll just like like crush her hand. You know, the dead, the the deadlift strength is there, uh the grip strength. Yep. And you're not
0: you're not you're not missing a a big pull cuz your grip strength won't No,
1: just, no, certainly not. Yeah. No. yeah, so that's just one one kind of idiosyncrasy that she's told me. And and there was one night when I was pretty drunk and um <laughs> you know, you'll be a, you'll uh, you'll be affectionate to your girl You're just kind of like yeah you, you kind of like um caress her head or something yeah yeah well, well i went to do that but i did not know my own strength and i kind of like kind of like punched her in the face <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh that's too funny that shit happens though just the small like, oops did not mean to punch
1: you sure sure yeah.
0: yeah oh that's too good all right so we've talked
1: enough about my problems
0: well, My I don't know. Issues. I,
1: we we could go back to that, I think. But um,
0: yeah. Well, I wanted to see how you were doing because you had mentioned a little something before we started recording. Yeah, you said you're feeling a little agitated.
1: Yeah, irritated, very irritable. Um, I've been uh, I've been dieting pretty aggressively for like two and a half weeks, and uh, low calories does not agree with me. So I feel just tired and sore, but also just angry a lot at at the stupidest things. Like some, some things make sense. Where I live is kind of loud in the morning. So there's dogs and there's a kid that screams and stuff like that. And I wake up pissed at that. And that makes sense at least. But then there's some other things that I just, I'm just mad at. And it's really nonsensical.
0: Yeah, but one thing I want to point out, when you're in those moods where you're more irritable, it's good to be able to differentiate between what is okay for you to be mad at because I feel like sometimes you can attribute you being upset with something just because you're in a shit mood but you really were either like disrespected or like you had every right to be pissed off at I, I feel like I fall into that sometimes
1: yeah no I can't really blame anyone for any of this stuff um, except the dogs that are allowed but uh, yeah and I found th- <laughs> actually this is something worth talking about so I, I kind of only let this anger out when I'm by myself or when I'm with people that I trust. So there's Tika, of course. And then I've hung out with Jenny a couple times. Jenny's my friend and she also teaches me Indonesian language. And I feel comfortable with them. Almost like, how do I describe this? Sometimes I'm, I'm expressing my anger, but I'm doing it in a way that's like half joking or like 20% joking. Um, okay, so this is a good example. So I was learning um, Indonesian with Jenny a couple days ago. And uh, it's, it's about body parts. And there's a couple things she wants me to read and translate. And and the translation is like, my belly is fat, right? So, this has nothing to do with me. But I'm reading it and it's reminding me that I'm dieting and I get angry. But I'm not really so angry. I'm kind of like joking, but I'm kind of expressing joke anger. And she knows it's joke anger, but also it's kind of like real anger. I don't know. Can you relate to this at all?
0: Yeah, I feel like you're trying to like joke about it to kind of soften the blow for yourself yeah you know like oh i joke about it i don't care hey i don't care but it's like no you're joking about it because you're trying to make light of it and trick yourself into thinking you do not care about that
1: yeah yeah and i was reflecting on it because like i said i'll express this to to someone like jenny sometimes matt and and definitely tika and then i was thinking I, i don't know if it's always clear that i'm that there's some humor to it maybe i just seem mad sometimes and i just seem like an asshole so, like, uh, there's some self-awareness that's lacking, and I have, to, I have to realize, like, in my head, I'm kind of excusing myself. I'm saying, oh, I'm not really angry. They know that. But maybe I am really angry, and I'm kind of lying to myself, and I'm just being a douchebag. But not even that. I,
0: I go through that same thing you do when I'm in certain social situations, and I'll portray something as, you know, me being angry, but like, or anxious or something, but be joking. And then realize afterwards, maybe they don't know that I'm joking. Because I'm not, like, explicitly saying, hey, this is a joke, ha, ha, ha. But I'm saying that in a joking way, but it might not be taken in that
1: way. And I do shit like that all the time. Exactly. Oh, this is is kind of a deep thing. It's like, have you ever felt that you're playing a part in a a play or a movie or something? Like, sometimes... You're acting mad in a social situation or something and you don't really feel it. You just feel like you're supposed to or something like it feels appropriate for the moment. Yeah. There's one moment I always think about. I was thinking about this moment. It was back in college and with my group of friends, there was this kind of running joke, but it definitely wasn't funny for me. But it seemed like whenever I was telling a story, I would get cut off. By something, by someone in the group, someone just comes in or there's a, something that happens outside or something. So I would always start telling something and then I would get cut off. And it was so angering and it, it just happened so many times. And then one time it happened, I was like telling my friend a ref something and then someone came in and cut me off and I was holding a plate and I just threw it. And in my mind, it was like a joke reaction, but it was also a very real thing. I threw the plate and it broke like it was a very real reaction. But there was some humor to it in my mind. But then I realized, like, that doesn't look funny.
0: (laughs) No, especially to someone that's not fully in on the joke, because I do that a lot, too, where I'm like, oh, this person understands. But we're in a group of five right now and no one else understands. Right. And I mean, especially in that situation, that's one of the most frustrating things ever. Like no one, it, it makes you feel like no one cares what you have to say.
1: Oh, so, and that was so infuriating. Yeah, I don't really deal with that anymore, but that was definitely a thing that was going on for a while and it just felt like I was disrespected in some way. Like when I was speaking, what I was saying was not important compared to other people. Yeah, that's infuriating. Yeah, and you know what I can
0: relate this to? If you're talking about like your problems with somebody, like whether it's family issues, relationship issues, whatever, and then... They respond with the issues they're going through. I had a few people in my life like that before. Right. And that drives me nuts. Like, hey, I'm just trying to tell you about my problems. And then they just throw theirs in and like say how like theirs might be worse. Like they try to like one up you. Right. The, yep. it, that and the whole cutting off and just disregarding what someone says drives me absolutely bonkers.
1: Yeah. Cause you're not, they're not even really listening. No, they're just waiting for their turn to speak. Yeah. Yep, I've definitely dealt with a lot of that. Yeah, it, it drives me nuts.
0: And it, it's not helpful either. Like, when you're going through something, you just want to, like, talk and get it off your chest. And you're doing that with people you think are, like, your closest friends. And they may be your closest friends, but they may possess that quality where they feel like they just need to tell you what they're going through as well. And it's not even, like, a negative thing on their part, because maybe they think telling you that stuff is going to make you not feel alone like like they're going through stuff too, but I for me it's just it's not helpful.
1: Well, it really depends on the place they're coming from. Yeah, are they just trying to join the pity party or? Yeah, like for example, I I, I will do that in in cases, especially when there is no good, because the the the, the, the counter to that is sometimes someone tells you something like grief, for example. And you don't want to try to fix it. You don't want to try to say, well, you can feel better if you do this. Sometimes the best thing to say if it's just silent is to say, well, I dealt with a similar situation. It was like this. But that's a lot different than not even saying a statement of empathy like that and just launching into your own story and kind of disregarding what the other person is saying. And I think there's a clear difference there.
0: Yeah. And honestly, now that you say that out loud, I did that literally last episode with Matt. He told a story of someone he knew that had like succumbed to addiction and ended up passing away. And I immediately brought up the example with my family. So I'm kind of a hypocrite.
1: I don't think so, though, because I think that's the difference that I was talking about. I think it was clear that you listened and heard what he said. And I'm I'm not sure, but I, I don't remember, but I think you probably said something like, oh, that sounds tough. I dealt with something similar. And that's what I'm talking about instead of just Going into something and, and kind of not even showing that you heard it. Yeah, it was it,
0: in, in that instance, I felt when I was saying it, that it was a, oh, I can relate to that. I know what you're going through.
1: Yes. And that's especially because we also mentioned how some people will even cut you off in the middle of what you're saying. Right. So that's a clear indicator that they're not they don't care. So you, you yeah. say, well, I'm I'm really upset about this because at work I have a boss that's really and they go, oh, I have a really bad boss, too. And then you're like, well, I didn't even I didn't even start saying what I wanted to say. So, yeah, I want to describe the situation a little bit before you jumped into your spiel. Can I just have my moment? Yeah, that's a really bad habit. If anyone's listening and they do something like that, definitely stop that. Nobody really appreciates that.
0: Yeah, I try to make sure, because sometimes you can do it on accident. Like, it's not always intentional. You're not trying to be a fucking dickhead. But, you know, you have to just be cognizant of it. True. Pay attention when you're having conversations with people. Like, especially with people you you don't know very well, you could be trying to, like, almost prepare for the next topic because you don't want that awkward silence in the conversation.
1: Well I think that's something too. I think that's um I think people are too uncomfortable with silence. I think it's preferable to have some than to just try to fill the space all the time.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the majority of the population, myself included at times, feels the need to fill that like empty space.
1: That makes it even more awkward, too, if you're in an awkward conversation when both people are trying to fill the silence and you, you you talk over each other. And the worst part about that is you don't even really have anything you want to say. You're just trying to fill the silence. And then it's just it, the whole conversation ends up being filler. Ugh, I, I, I really hate that.
0: Yeah, like it, it's almost like you want the conversation to end. Like you're just waiting for that out to come up. So you're going to fill the conversation until you come up with that out or they come up with that out.
1: Yeah. So this happened to me. That's work, Conversations 101. This happened to me a couple of weeks ago because it was my birthday. So I, I invited uh, Tika's friends to come to my uh, gathering. And I already knew they couldn't come because a, a lot of the communication between me and them goes through Tika. So, yeah, I, I already knew. Tika already told me they couldn't come. Now, this guy is a really nice guy, and he wanted to tell me himself. Now, this guy is great, and so phone conversations for me are always more awkward and harder than in person because you're missing a lot of the the visual cues of when someone is done talking, whatever. I I really hate talking on the phone usually. Yep. Which is funny because we do this basically over the phone, but whatever, it's different. Yeah. So in this case, I already knew this guy couldn't come. But he wanted to tell me, so he he called me. We've never talked on the phone before. We, we barely even talk on text, and I, I didn't answer the call. And then he said, "Kyle, call me." I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> so I do. I called him back, and uh, he he just started saying that he couldn't come to my party. I'm like, "Yeah, I know." And then I was trying to end the conversation. I was like, "Okay, well, I'll see you soon." And then he goes, "Well, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Uh, well, I'm I'm working, or or something like that." And we just kept having the problem that I'm talking about like we just could not have a natural conversation and for some parts he wanted to keep it going and I wanted to end it and then for some parts I wanted to end it or, or, or I wanted to keep it going and he wanted to end it and anyway the reason I bring this up is because it was a few days later when I was with Tika again and she's like yeah me and his girlfriend were laughing at you guys about how awkward your conversation was because she was listening in and <laughs> in on it she was in the same car um not Tika but his girlfriend and he, yeah. and she just said it was absolutely brutal, and I was like, I know it sucked. <laughs>
0: but you you can't be the guy that just says, "Hey, man, we're, this conversation's going nowhere. Let's just call it quits." No, like no, you can't just say that. You have to. Yeah, I mean, there's. I know we talk about the show a lot, but curb your enthusiasm. That's something Larry David would do. Just say, "Hey, you know
1: what? We're we're good here." Yeah, and that's what um, I guess. So, the other, the other girl is. uh, his girlfriend is is named dita and 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 tika but both of them know they they both know that you have to be a little stronger with him so they'll do that they'll just be like shut up or or, this conversation's over or whatever but but me and him are both on such uh cordial terms we we both are very polite to each other and yeah it resulted in that awkward fest
0: yeah because you don't get to that phase where you can just say hey dude i'm done
1: yeah until way
0: later in the friendship and most relationships you you make on a day-to-day basis won't ever even get to that point honestly no 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 but it really is a special thing where you can just say hey you know what i gotta get out of here
1: oh yeah that's that's a beautiful face and you 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 even say fuck you and then you hang up that's that's nice
0: and it's like nothing's changed you're still friends
1: (laughs) yeah speaking of this is only very tangential, but I just watched this movie called Hell or High Water last night. Have you seen that? No. I feel like I've heard of it though. Let me let me Google that real quick. But but anyway, and this isn't really a spoiler, but at one part there's there's two characters that are that have a very special relationship and they think they're probably gonna see each other for the last time and they say, I love you. And they say, I love you too. Alright, go fuck yourself. Alright, go fuck yourself. And that's like the last thing they ever say to each other. So it's it's kinda <laughs> what we're talking about yeah okay
0: so i have not seen the movie but i have seen the movie poster mm. would you recommend
1: yeah it's pretty good i was i was on this kick um the the writer and i think director taylor sheridan he made this movie called wind river i watched a few weeks back and that one was really good i really liked that one and then this guy also made uh, sicario i think he wrote that but didn't direct it sicario was good and then he made this one too so i was just kind of seeing them all but in in my personal opinion i I liked wind river best and then sicario uh before this one too but but they're all worth seeing yeah i haven't seen
0: any of those so maybe i'll throw that on the list
1: yeah all right
0: um fuck where are we gonna go after this
1: oh i don't know
0: i mean we checked in on my dick how about we check in on your dick because you know you know how mine's going i'm a sleep rapist as you'd call that do not put that in the intro jake because we need some context around me calling (sighs) i already thought it's
1: it's got to go in the intro
0: no well provide some context because the whole just i'm a sleep rapist thing that doesn't doesn't sit well with me yeah well
1: it doesn't sit well with your poor wife either
0: (laughs) come all right how's your fucking dick dude? uh
1: it's all right man it's um it's up to the task but actually it kind of links back to the low calories thing my um my drive so to speak just isn't really there I'm just kind of lazy and tired when it comes to to doing anything but if 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 we make the decision to do it I'm okay but uh yeah I think it's uh, I've, I've read this several times before like so you you got testosterone which is kind of one of the main drivers of yeah sexual drive and uh one of the things that affects it is calories and how much fat you're getting and if you if you oh, get yeah. a, if you get a lot of fat then your testosterone's higher because of that but i'm just not getting many calories and i'm just yeah i'm not not really interested in much uh, i'm kind of feeling the same thing you are a lot of the time yeah you're just like
0: tired and you know i you don't feel like doing anything especially in a calorie deficit it's so
1: fucking brutal it sucks man actually i could talk about this a little bit more yeah Please do. I was just thinking before we started how everybody says the old cliche is like, enjoy the journey, not the destination, right? A lot of the times the journey sucks. Well, yeah. Like when you're dieting, it's all about the destination. Nobody enjoys the journey of dieting, right? No. If anyone could snap their finger and say, let me
0: look like this, they would do it without having to do the work. Yeah, it sucks, man. Myself included. Yeah. And I don't
1: know <sighs> everyone says it has to be a lifestyle thing right you have to you have to find a diet that works for you and and that is my that that's what I want to happen i wanna I want to lose enough fat to get to a place where then I can start changing my diet and, and basically eat healthy but not in a calorie deficit but for the time being I have to eat in a calorie deficit there's no other way and that's miserable you're purposely starving yourself to an extent so yeah so yeah there's just always this paradox between like oh it's about the journey but sometimes the journey sucks yeah what you said you nailed it and this sucks
0: and yeah and honestly like i don't think i'll ever be able to commit to a full-time lifestyle change where i'm eating consistently healthy and only treating myself certain times yeah like I have times where I go off the rails and I have times where I'm very strict and I'm okay with that balance. I don't think, I mean, ideally making that lifestyle change is beneficial. I'll look better. I'll feel better. But at the same time, I don't want to put that much stress on myself really. Yeah. Like, all the time. But I feel like after a while it becomes one of those things that's just part of your life. But I, I like what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm, I'm not motivated enough to make that complete lifestyle change. I'm, I'm happy with where I am right now
1: well i'm i'm basically the exact same way and i'm kind of okay with it too but if i go off the rails you you can just ruin months of progress in in far smaller windows of time and then when you go back on you're like well i just I just really sabotaged myself because I just ate what I wanted to all the time, and it and sometimes I didn't even really enjoy it. Was it was it really worth it? And sometimes not really. We're just on that constant roller coaster.
0: I mean, we've talked about it plenty of times before. Just the extreme highs, the extreme lows. Like the highs don't feel as good as they feel unless you've hit that that low. And in our
1: case, that low is gaining like fifteen, twenty five pounds over and over and over and over. <laughs> Yeah, there's, um, just reminding me, there's, there's a comedian, uh, Bob Kelly. Do you know him? Um, is he referred to as Robert Kelly yes. a lot of the time? Okay, so I've heard of him. I've never heard of his stuff. Bobby, yeah. He's funny, but uh, he was on uh, the Opie, An- Opie and Anthony show, the old radio show that I listen to still. And he was saying that he, he has two fats left in his life. And I, I love that because what he's referring to is he's saying he's going to get fit. And then he's going to get fat again, and then he's going to get fit, and then he's going to get fat again. So he's got two more fats left in his life. And I was like, damn, that is the perfect way to describe what I'm going through, the roller coaster. Like in my life, I've probably got, I don't know, I don't know how many fats I have left, but I'm sure it's more than two um, because I'm sure that's what's going to happen to me. I'm sure right now I'm going to get into pretty good shape, and then I know I'm going to fall off at some point. And that's just awful to know, but I know it. It's, it's almost certain.
0: And here's another thing too as far as the, the fats. I know eventually with my lifestyle and my goals of wanting to have children and all that stuff, I'm going to eventually hit that fat that the fit's not coming back.
1: I'm very afraid of that. Are you sure about that? That's, that's been a running argument I've had with Steve, but I want to hear your thoughts about that. About me
0: hitting that fat that's never going to go away or the whole have kids thing? No, no, the, the,
1: the fat. Yeah. Are you, are you sure? Like Because that that was his side of the argument in the first place. He said, well, look at our parents. And you know you're going to get older. You know you're going to have responsibilities. So at some point, you're just going to fall off and you're going to stay off. And that was his point. And then my point was, because he's got the same mentality that we do. I was saying, I don't think my mentality is going to allow that. I I, I think if that happens, I'll be miserable all the time. And that's kind of what I feel for you. So, So do you really think you could be permanently like that? I'm just looking at the facts. You know, I've never been a dad.
0: So I don't know if I'm actually going to fall into that same trap. But, you know, you see, I feel like most people, once they become parents, not all, obviously not all, but they kind of fall off a bit and start living for their kids and focusing a little less on themselves. And I've I'm just looking at the normal thing, you know, what usually happens. Yeah, I'm
1: playing the odds if I'm at the casino. I think you you could be right. You just think, oh, my life is over.
0: Yeah, but it's not even (laughs) that. I, I, I don't, I don't want that to happen. But from what I'm seeing around, you know, it seems like that will happen. I'll do everything I can, I think, to make it not happen. But there's a there's a good chance it does. But, you know, there's a good chance it doesn't. So, it's it's an impossible thing to place odds on, I think. It all depends on the person. You don't know until you get there.
1: Yeah. You don't know what your priorities are going to look like because e- even, even today, you said it yourself, sometimes the fitness matters a lot to you and sometimes it doesn't, so... It makes a lot of sense that as you get older it's just going to matter less and less. Yeah, that's possible. It's, it's 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 always weird when you see like a really old dude who's just ripped, right? Like dude, my father-in-law has a six-pack. Yeah, he's it's, 55. It, it's it's enviable, but it's a little bit weird too, right? I I just where do you get that motivation? Right. Cuz that's it could go the, the other way too. If if you've got that type of mindset that that you do and I think I do too, maybe it just becomes more of a priority later in life. Maybe Yeah, maybe maybe you become one of those guys.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. I feel like as an older dude, all you need to do really to attract older women is- Oh, you're going to have to cut this out. Is to be in shape. No, 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 no. Keep going, keep going. Is to be in shape. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like The hairline eventually doesn't matter. Sure. You know? Because that's what most of the people in that age group are are seeing. So I, I think maybe- eventually you just have to be in decent shape and it's like oh you know i could work with that
1: oh yeah that's true yeah if you're still dating in your 40s 50s and 60s getting the older women but that's you're ga- in shape yeah that's got to be like shooting fish in a barrel yeah
0: yeah and and, and <laughs> for us say like early 20s you're dating and your hairline's halfway down your head that's a major problem that problem goes away as you get older that's expected as you get older
1: Yep, and for some reason, all right, so this is something we haven't talked about, but why do chicks love old dudes?
0: I think it's the stability.
1: Maybe, because that used to be an insecurity. I, w- I was in my mid-20s, and I used to think, oh, I'm getting old, like, I'm I'm, I'm going to leave the prime of my life, and I won't be able to attract girls. It's the exact opposite. All It seems like the vast majority of girls love older dudes.
0: Yeah, I don't know. There's something about, well, as you get older, you get wiser, you know, you've been through it.
1: Hmm. You know, there's the Maybe old, there's the the life old cliche. There's the old cliche that has to be mentioned. Are you gonna say it, or do I have to say it?
0: I would like you to say it.
1: You know what I'm talking about?
0: I don't know if I do. As you get older, you get wiser.
1: No. I, I mean,
0: <sighs> go ahead. I'll feel dumb after you say it.
1: Daddy issues. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't guy? know if that's the majority, but I'm sure it's some of them.
0: Yeah, but I know you. You say most women are attracted. To older dudes. Does that mean all women have daddy issues?
1: I mean, that, that's what I'm afraid to say, but it seems
0: to be likely. Here's what we need to do, because I've gotten called out on this a few times now. Um, we haven't had any women on our show. Okay. No women. Other than Tika and Michelle for two seconds. Yep. So maybe this would be a good conversation for us to have with a woman guest.
1: We need, a, we need someone who's honest. I don't want the typical girl who's just going to say the typical girl things. That's going to get us in trouble. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, so I think we need. A, I we don't need want. A, <laughs> I don't want.
0: I just think uh, that <laughs> so Kyle... No, <laughs> I, I don't even want to touch this. Um, I'm just gonna say, I think we need a female guest to come on the show because we've got. I've gotten called out for it twice. I don't know if you have. No, but. And especially with this conversation, to get a female perspective, I think would be important because we're two guys that don't know what we're talking about. Well, all right. As far as the female psyche goes, we have no idea what the fuck we're talking about. So we need to bring in an expert on the female psyche.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to keep going. Female. I'm going to keep on going saying offensive things. Is that all right? Proceed. (laughs) Proceed. So, I agree with you. I would love to have a female on to talk about the female psychology because there's certainly a lot that we don't understand. But what I'm talking about before you before before the after the butt, But... are we going to be able to get a fee? Are we going to be
0: able to get a female guest after what you say after the butt?
1: That's my next question. The only ones that I want on are the ones that uh, acknowledge what I'm about to say. I am so nervous. Go ahead. A lot of times, oh. <laughs> A lot really of times, nervous. females don't even understand their own psychology. Like a lot of them, like they'll they'll say they want one thing, but in reality, what they really want is the total opposite. And that is just so many of them. I do not want one of those on this podcast.
0: But I'm gonna rebut you there, and I think um, that's not that's not strictly a male thing. That that's I mean a female thing. That's a male thing as well. Okay,
1: I'll give you that. I don't want a guy like that on the podcast either. Yeah, that's fair.
0: Just having an understanding, you know, just being self-aware. I don't, I don't think that comes down to a gender thing at all.
1: Yes, yeah, I, yeah, S- self-aware people are, are good to talk to. But yeah, yeah, that's that's the only point I was trying to make. I don't basically I don't want someone who's going to come on and say, "Well, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle doesn't want to hear about your fucking horoscope." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, no, Kyle, I didn't do
0: it for that long. I did it for a while. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: Jake's going to have some notes. Do you have anyone in mind? No, I have no one in mind. Mm. I
1: have no idea. What about that? Um, th- There was someone that, d- that did a podcast, right? And we added them on Instagram. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Carrie. Yeah, we'll get Carrie. What is hers about? um it's like uh the grieving process you know going through
0: something like losing someone to addiction you know yeah carrie all right that was brilliant all yeah right. let's get her good yeah because we've i've been talking about it for a while with her actually about setting something up and i keep forgetting because i'm an idiot so yes i'll get that set up
1: see I, the
0: female's perspective
1: out of my storm of misogyny uh, a, a nice bright light came through <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know you got to take the good with the bad. Yeah,
1: no, I'd Sometimes be got. I'd be happy to talk to her. That'd be cool.
0: Okay, awesome. So we got that settled.
1: Anything? Uh, any more misogynistic rants you want to go on, Kyle? <laughs> Always. <laughs> he goes. Now that you mention it. <laughs> uh no, I'll I'll leave that for now. But but yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, uh, it, you know, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But that's why I came in and clarified it's not just women that do that. It's not uh, assigned to any gender. That's something a lot of people do. I got to really in a bit. You let it fly and I'm the, the safe guy. So I got to come in and really in a little bit and throw that little disclaimer in there when you're going off on you know one of your Kyle rants.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm the loose cannon <laughs> cop on the edge. <laughs> it's because you don't live in the United
0: States and you're safe. <laughs> You've already left the country.
1: Yep. Yeah, the USA is a little um, bit too safe for a man like me.
0: Yeah, that's not – you live you live life on the wild side.
1: <laughs> you let it fly. Well, I had a lot more misogyny, but you you kind of reeled me back in, so I'm, I'm waiting on you now. <laughs>
0: you're going to blame me? Yeah. For DRI in the conversation? Yes. Because I said, hey, pull it in, Reel it in. All, All right. right. Um, We can get back to podcast talk now. Um,
1: Brainstorming. Well, you're still in therapy. And you've uh, you you mentioned that this apathy thing has been going for a couple of weeks. So have you discussed that with your therapist?
0: You know what? I went to therapy yesterday
1: and I didn't bring it up hmm. and I
0: wanted to. And I kept trying to find the right moment, to, But we were having other conversations, so I just never brought it up.
1: Was the other stuff productive or, um
0: just like anxiety stuff and small talk? Not as productive as this other conversation would have been. Small talk. I think I think she might have recognized this as I was leaving. Because, you know, she asked me what I was doing for fun and stuff in the beginning of our session. And then I felt like that was like a small side conversation. And then as I was leaving, she was like, do something fun. And my response was, hey, I'll, tr- I'll try. And I saw her like kind of shoot a look back my way.
1: Mm.
0: Was that a bad response?
1: I'll try. Well, no. It sounds bad in retrospect. Uh, yeah. Nothing you say is bad. You're the you're the patient. Oh no, but
0: I mean, like, kind of like in a negative. Like, hey, I'll try. Like, make it, it's bad for me to feel like I need to try to do something fun.
1: Well, yeah, I think you showed your mood in that statement, and in that moment, she realized what an incompetent blowhard she is that she just wasted an hour not realizing <laughs> what you're feeling.
0: That was so rude. <laughs> no, she's very very good at her fucking job. <laughs> oh <laughs>
1: i haven't used Gee, that I word blow hard you <laughs> know i don't know if i've ever used it
0: <laughs> i don't think anyone has i didn't know that was like a phrase until you just said it uh, i gotta google it i think it's a thing no but no but to to rebut what you said she did recognize it that's why at the end of
1: the, the session you
0: told me to do something fun so she did recognize it. That's why she brought that up in the first place.
1: Well, have you been doing uh, jiu-jitsu or anything like that?
0: I was going to go tonight, my back was all jacked up this morning, if I'm being honest with you. And then I got a uh, family coming in from New York on the in-laws' side, so I had to do stuff over there. So, did not go. But, I did go last week, and I planned to continue to go. So... I need to get on a more consistent schedule. Sure, yeah. And with disc golfing, I mean, I'm doing stuff that I enjoy. While I was playing disc golf, I was having fun, but there was a moment where I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of bummed. And I wasn't having a bad time disc golfing. I was just kind of
1: bleh. Did you feel like you no reason force yourself to go or no?
0: No, I woke up, I I was able to get up and go, but after like nine holes, I was kind of just like not with it yeah and it had nothing to do with like how i was playing or who i was with i was enjoying my time but just um i was like yeah you know i wouldn't mind leaving now i'm just being in my car
1: yeah i had a moment like that i went to the bar uh saturday night and um i didn't even really particularly want to go but i just kind of thought i should because i've just i've just been staying home and playing this video game a lot i was like yeah, i should go out so i asked matt to go and we got there, and it was all right. Like, I had some fun, but it, there was a moment not too long into it, probably, like, only an hour into being there. I was like, eh, I'd probably rather be home.
0: Yeah, I should not have come out. Do not want to be here.
1: Yeah, and that's tough, too. Like, I think I think we've probably talked about this type of thing before, but when you're in this type of mood, you know, you know it's probably better to be doing stuff, but you don't really want to, so you're kind of forcing yourself, and then you're kind of playing a character, and... I don't don't even know. I don't know if that's good or not.
0: But is that a depression thing, or is that just who I am? Someone who doesn't want to go out ever?
1: Well... I mean, it could just be a personality thing. You're not always like that, though, for
0: sure. Yeah. No, that's true. There are some times where I really want to, and other times where I'd rather just
1: stay home and do nothing.
0: But I feel like for a majority of the time, I don't want to do anything. And I don't think I'm depressed a majority of the time.
1: Did I uh, mention the Jim Carrey thing on this podcast yet? I don't think so. Well, okay. Did you... Have you ever seen anything Jim Carrey said in interviews, like, later in life, after all the movies? I feel like I've
0: seen clips, but none that I can recall. I know I've seen some profound clips, I think.
1: Well, yeah, he comes off as a bit of a nut job. Um, Yeah. It's almost like a... I I don't know. I remember seeing him... It must have been five or ten years ago that I saw the clips, and I was like, wow, this is... he, He seems almost like Tom Cruise talking about Scientology. Like, a lot of energy saying things that are kind of off the wall.
0: Very animated. Yes. But he's always been animated.
1: Yeah. But if you actually listen to him, he says some pretty interesting things. And I watched this one clip maybe last week or two weeks ago, and he says depression is deep rest. Like depression, deep rest. And he says "Um, it's, it's your body and mind being tired of playing a character that you don't want to play anymore. And he's saying that's why when you're depressed, you just have to rest. You just have to do nothing. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I agree with that across the board, but there's definitely something there that resonates with me. And that's, that's why, like, there's some situations when I was, I'm just kind of going off this, but I think some situations when you're feeling that way and you feel like you should do something and then you should. But then there's some situations where you feel that way and you, and you, you think you should, but you, you kind of really don't want to and maybe you shouldn't. So I don't know. I kind of think nowadays I kind of think whatever you feel is okay. And like you re- you really shouldn't force yourself to do anything probably.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of want to make a little note about something he said in that quote you just said. Sure. Um, you're tired of playing a character that you don't want to play. So it's kind of implying that when you're happy, you're never actually happy. Like you're, pure state your original state is depressed and you go out and play this character all the time and then it gets too much and you have to rest
1: i don't know if that's what he's saying exactly i think some people are probably like that but i think yeah i think there there's there's definitely a way to be authentic and to be happy and go do things but i think we do also act a lot of the time and maybe the more you do that the more tiring it is but no, I don't think happiness is always an act.
0: No, but when I heard you say that, that's one thing that came to my mind was that he's saying depression is when you're tired of playing this act. So that made me think, or does he think people are playing an act at all times? Or that's 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 what I
1: took out of it. Well, there, there's an argument to be made there. We always are putting something on, I guess. Especially, I mean, you you can think of the the more extreme examples of people that go to jobs they don't like every day and, and act a certain way. And that's that's very tiring, right?
0: Yeah, and they're acting that way out of necessity. Usually, yeah. Yeah, so I think, I mean, that happens in social relationships as well. If you're trying to keep up some sort of social standing, or whether it's like a work relationship or a friend of a friend, like you're putting out an act out of necessity.
1: Maybe it could be too, going back to what you're saying, because I, I have this where I'll have phases where I'll go out a lot. And and maybe at the beginning, it's authentic. Maybe I really do want to. And then I'm continuing out of momentum, but I don't want to anymore. And maybe that's when I'm playing a character, something like that. Yeah, but it sounds like that becomes more of a habit, though. Mm-hmm. It's something you're just
0: used to doing. Like, this is what I do. I'm going out. After like doing it for a certain amount of days, so many times within a certain time span, it's going to be... I said spanned. That's the first made up word in a while. Yeah. I did pretty good for a few episodes. <laughs> it's
1: not so bad. Yeah.
0: It was more of like a an accidental ad more than a th- thought that was the real word. Yeah. Um, so in a certain time span, it becomes a habit. So you continue that habit even though you don't want to. I think that might be the case there. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's not an act while you're doing it. Right. I think yeah. I'm, I think I'm looking too much into it.
1: No, I don't think you are. It, it reminds me of, um, you know, I've, I've talked about the bipolar thing a few times. Um, yeah. One of, the, one of the biggest depressions of my life was after a period where I was doing a ton. Um, and that was in Texas. And I, I, was, I really had so much energy for a while. And I was doing, um, well, I started a podcast. And I was doing jujitsu all the time. I was exercising all the time. I was doing stand-up comedy. Uh, I was going out and meeting people. And then, uh, the depression kind of came, it it seemed to come out of nowhere, but it could have been that I was just so tired of doing all that. Do you think it might be like you're doing something new? Like when you first
0: start all these exciting things, podcast stand up, jujitsu, um, you have that huge dopamine release and you feel like you have a purpose and you feel like you're working towards something. And eventually you kind of, you keep doing, you keep doing those things and you keep working towards those goals. But it's not giving you that same dopamine hit as it did in the beginning. Do you think that's where depression comes from? Yeah. Because you're not getting that same release you got when you first started this thing you loved. It's not as important to you. It's not, I mean, it's like anything. My favorite food, I love mac and cheese. I can't eat mac and cheese every day or I'll get sick of it. I sound like a 12-year-old when I say that, but I fucking love mac and cheese.
1: Sure. Oh, well, who doesn't? <laughs> but if I
0: eat that every fucking day... I'm gonna be like, I, I can't do mac and cheese anymore.
1: I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, when people talk about the chemical side of of depression and stuff, I think that's probably what it is. And that's also like uh, the bipolar part is they say um, it, it, it. There's there's a balance there. So I think the people that are more stable that never really feel depressed, they also don't feel too ecstatic very often, but. But if you do have those periods where you feel very happy and very energetic, I think it has to be balanced out. I don't think – you just can't keep going like that. There has to be an equilibrium. So it only balances out. So so you, you mentioned dopamine. There's also like serotonin. I think I think serotonin is the one that they talk about with depression. But maybe if you have a period where your serotonin and dopamine are super high, then it has to be balanced out eventually and they, they just plummet because yeah, you, you just have to reach equilibrium. I, I think that's a lot of it. Yeah, and I mean this happens with um... – Certain drugs, I
0: know Molly for sure.
1: Yep, yep, exactly. Where you, yep.
0: you you take that and it elevates those levels so fucking high that when you start coming down off of it, even the next day, you're so low because you were spiking those levels for so long and you just don't have the energy, like the brain power to do it.
1: Yeah, I think you're getting onto something here, Chris. I think that makes a lot of sense. And maybe, yeah, maybe the, the, the point you made is really quite profound, I think, about when you go out and you... You are, you, you, you naturally, well, artificially, but naturally, I guess, when you do those new activities, you spike those levels, you are setting yourself up for, you're, you're creating new experiences and you're living your life, but maybe there is, a, you, you have to rest after that. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, those new experiences aren't new experiences anymore. It's just what you do and it gets stale. I mean, I go through this all the time where I'm just like constantly switching hobbies that I get obsessed with. Like I did it with powerlifting for a couple of years, then disc golf, then jujitsu, and and you know, like video games. I'm all over the place, and it's always feels like I'm kind of looking for that something new all the time. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like you're not going to master anything with that mindset. But if you're okay with not mastering things and just doing things you want to do in that moment, I feel like in the long term, why isn't that okay? I feel like most people put mastering something on a pedestal and Oh, you're the best at this. Like, oh, he's so good at that. But it's okay to be, oh, decent at a bunch of things. I feel like I'm happier that way.
1: Yeah, it just of, of course. Of course it just comes down to how you feel about it. Of course. I, I think you could say that about anything too. You could even say that about drugs. Like, um, yeah. I, I've always thought of that as the definition of addiction is when you would want to stop. You You think that it would be better for you to not do it, but you can't stop so when i when I say drugs, like if if you enjoy doing cocaine and you don't want to stop, then then good for you. <laughs> um yeah, it, it's not something yeah. you're interested in doing. yeah, it's only if you w- can do it. it's only when it stops being good for you and you wish you could stop that that's when it's bad, and i I guess the same goes for you when you're talking about doing different hobbies if If someone is like that and they say to themselves, "Well I would really rather just go deep into one thing." then it's a bad thing, in my opinion. But for for you, um, and, and certainly for me sometimes and for many people, if you're okay with that, then sure, of course that's okay.
0: And you know what? I, I wanna kinda draw a little comparison to the the comedy I stole I uh shouted out earlier, the Shane Gillis stand up. He talks about his sister and how she does heroin. And he says, Oh yeah, he, she's a hairdresser and, you know, people are just like, okay. And then he says, Too bad she's not a rock star because then people would think it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so like it's just like what you just said. If it's good for you, I mean, go ahead. <laughs> so like, if you're a rock star and it's helping you write music and you're making millions, go ahead.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah, and this th- this is only kind of related, but um, Doug Stanhope, another comedian, he he has another thing about addiction, and it, it's a joke, of course, but uh, I think there's a lot of truth to it. He says, he says, there's no such thing as addictions. There's just things you like more than living. I know that makes sense. Yeah, so cuz
0: a lot of the like things people get addicted to aren't good for you long term and you know
1: they're going to cut time off of your life, but you're still like, "Eh, that's okay cuz I can have this now." Yeah. And in those situations, uh, if if you knew someone like that, if you if you knew someone who was drinking every day but they didn't want to stop and you try to make them stop, but they actually don't want to. Like they they know the consequences, they know the risks, they just like it. Well, then you're not Yeah, gonna they're get very to well stop. aware. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it all makes too much sense. <sighs> Alright. I think we closed out strong. I think we should end it there. Okie dokie. We can pick back up. But um you know we we uh we got up and running there. Oh, um, how
1: about that intro we've always
0: been trying to do? <laughs> oh yeah, that new intro. So we're working with Dan Pomfret. He's a very talented musician. He said he's gonna do an intro for us.
1: Very excited, we're talking tomorrow. Oh, um, and it, I was only partially awake. Do we have a schedule? Uh, a scheduled time for that? Yeah, noon tomorrow. Noon tomorrow. Okay.
0: I think we even talked about it right before we started recording. Still we did. partially awake. Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. Maybe even while recording. And so this is where I feel morally obligated to let our loyal listeners know: Kyle was not at this meeting. He absolutely slept through it. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, so. I guess we'll wrap it up there. I keep forgetting to plug the Patreon, so sorry again, Jake. I think we should make a compilation of me apologizing at the end of episodes for not plugging the Patreon in the front like you asked. What a boring compilation that would be. A long one, though. Yep. (laughs) A fucking long one. All right, so go, go subscribe to that Patreon. Download the episodes. It helps a lot. Kyle, do you have any closing words? Go fuck yourself, Chris. I love you too, Kyle.
1: This is life being bound to love.